Hello everyone, welcome back to My Solo Road. I hope you're having a fantastic week wherever you are, whenever you're listening to this. I am currently in Eastern Oregon in kind of a section of the state that I have never explored before. I've been to Portland many a time and then I just recently have kind of been up and down the coast for a little while, but this is my first time along the Columbia River area, but I love it. There's a lot of free camping up and down this whole section. And yeah, it's just beautiful. I love free camping, especially on water right now has been so nice because Ella gets very hot. So she can kind of take a dip in the water whenever she is overheating, which at night it cools down. We're all good. But during the day, it's getting to like 90, 95 and she loves swimming anyways. So working out well. I do want to jump into this week's episode pretty quickly for a few reasons. First of all, I would like to answer as many questions as possible. We're doing a Q&A specifically on van life, van-related topics, and I want to do like a rapid-fire type of situation, so I don't want to have to like elaborate a bunch, which is what I tend to do in my other Q&As. So this week, I'm just going to go through, answer everything really quickly, and hopefully touch on any van life questions that you have had. So I want to fit as many in as possible. And also, I just got, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of questions. Typically, when I ask on Instagram, you know, for you guys to send in questions or send in something or, you know, take part in whatever I'm asking, I get a fair amount of responses. But this time, I'm just kind of completely blown away. There's so many questions. So I want to get to as many as I can so that you leave today feeling a little better a little safer, a little more secure for you to hit the road because I know that's what you're going for. So, okay, let's do this. Grab your drink. I'm going to have lemon ginger tea today. Oh my God. Also, I just started TikTok this week. Follow me on there. I mean, whenever you start like a new social media platform or a new project. Recently, it was my Facebook group. I wasn't really nervous for that, but it was just very exciting. And all day today, I have been so excited and just like high on life. (laughs) That sounds so lame, but like honestly kind of true. I was like calling my parents. I called friends and I just was wanting to chat because I was so excited. I was just very hyper because I'm starting this new project and it's like, I don't know, it's super fun. Anyways, follow me on TikTok. Don't know what I'm doing over there, but hopefully I figure it out. Kind of a new medium, Um, but back to my beverage, lemon ginger tea with two slices of lemon, super lemony, and yeah, get whatever you're drinking. I'll see you back here in a second. Okay, let's jump right into these. I'm going to start with the very first question because she deserves something for being first. So this is from Courtney. I said that because it's spelled like knee, like your knee. Have you ever gotten the van stuck? Tips for driving off-road or any safety gear that you carry. I've gotten the van stuck many times. If you don't have roadside assistance with your insurance provider, definitely get AAA. I used to have just roadside assistance that came with American Family, which was my insurance. They dropped me. That's a story for another day. Now I just have AAA and it's very, very worth it. That's my number one go-to in terms of even having safety gear. Like, you just need someone who can bail you out for free or that's included with whatever annual cost that you have. So, that's step one. Step two, you can get these things called Max Tracks. I do not have them because they're pretty expensive, but they do help quite a bit. And other than that, 
you just have to be semi-cautious of where you're going. You do learn the capabilities of your van pretty quickly if you are like me and I test it all the time. Like I kind of would push my boundaries for the first year or so. And now I just know by looking at the ground in front of me whether or not my van can make it through it or not. But even so, I still get stuck sometimes. I mean, it, it, I'm making it sound like it happens all the time. It's not that frequent. It's probably been five or six times in two years. So, I mean, I guess that's probably also a lot. I have no specific order of these, by the way. I'm not really reading them before I... I'm just scrolling on the actual Instagram app. Do you know of any part-time van lifers? This is from Kimmy Jane 26 I do. There's quite a few. I'm just going to name one off the top of my head. Our Home on Wheels. It's also a family who is a part-time van lifers. They rent their van when they're not using it, which is a great way to make money and still kind of get your fix of van life whenever you want. So they'll take road trips in the van and then go back to their home in Utah. And then when they're not in it and they're at the home, they rent out the van to make some extra side money. And you can actually rent your van. If you do a nice job and you get a decent van, you can rent it for a pretty solid coin. What was your biggest motivation to start van life? My biggest motivation was... Uh, just kind of having this innate need to travel. I have felt that like a fire burning in me my entire life. I just needed to travel and I was not satisfied doing it one or two weeks every year when I had like vacation time saved up at work or something like that. I just love different places, different locations, cultures, uh, food, people, stuff like that. And I love exploring all different types of landscapes. So yeah, just kind of the desperate need to travel and not really being okay with doing it periodically. I didn't want to feel like I was following my biggest passion one or two weeks out of the year. Do you have a home base? I technically have a home base, I guess. Like my parents live in Indiana. That's where my entire family lives. So once or twice a year, I go back to Indiana and I see them. I take a few weeks off the road. I recuperate kind of just, you know, when whether it's parents or guardians, grandparents, whoever was a guardian for you growing up. I was lucky enough to have my mom and my dad. But whenever I go back to their house, like my childhood home, I just revert back to child. Like I can lay on the couch. I just know Ella and Pearl are good. I'm good. I just have this immediate sense of comfort. Like being a solo woman, I do have my guard up almost all the time. And I don't say that in like an unhealthy sense. Like it's perfectly fine. I think as adults, a lot of us do, especially as women. But you know, it's just so nice to like walk through those doors and I just immediately feel this physical weight off my shoulders. I can just be on this couch and kind of be a potato for a couple of weeks. And I really like having that. So yes, I guess that's, I don't have a piece of land or a property myself though. Where do you find coins for laundry machines? I should read these before I did this, but whatever. I just use quarters and I save up quarters along the road. Pretty boring answer. How do you order items online, delivery, get mail? Basically, I'm going to stop reading the names of these people because, I mean, you guys know the deal here. I can't really say half of them. Many of them are just letters and numbers. Okay, in terms of mail delivery, what I do almost always... If I don't know when the package is going to come, I will just send it to my parents' house in Indianapolis and they'll either hold it, depending on what it is, they'll either hold it there until I go back to Indianapolis. If it's more urgent, then they will then ship it to me wherever I am. 
if I do know, like if I'm ordering something on Amazon, I use an Amazon locker. If I order something and I know it's going to be shipped within five to seven days, then I will go to, or I will ship it to the nearest UPS store and UPS will actually hold any package for up to five days. You do have to pay a $5 holding fee, regardless of if they hold it one day, I think, or like three days. I usually pick it up the same day that they get it. So the process that you go through. You put your name and the UPS store address on the delivery, like on, you know, shipping address or whatever when you're filling out the online thing. And then as soon as you get it shipped there, as soon as I place the order, I call that UPS store and I say, hey, my name is Sydney. I want to give you my phone number because I ordered a package. It's coming to you. Please call me when you get it. And then they'll take your name and number and they call you as soon as they get your package. I go and I pick it up. And that is the process. I have done that dozens and dozens of times. I should have warned you that I am going to be talking pretty fast so that I can get through these. So uh, you might have to slow it down. Most apps will do that for you. How do you get Wi-Fi? So a couple things, I guess. First, I have Verizon. I have a Verizon mobile hotspot on my phone. So if I'm on my laptop, I can just connect the hotspot from my phone to my laptop, work on my laptop. That works, obviously, anywhere that has Verizon signal. Most places, like camp site-wise in the Pacific Northwest, tend to only have AT&T service. In all other places in the country, I'm really good with Verizon. But for some reason, Northern California, Oregon, and Washington, Ella is really trying to make herself comfortable. Okay, so Northern California, Oregon, Washington only really have AT&T. And so what you can do, I'm about to do this because I've been traveling with Lee and Henry who have AT&T hotspots, like a separate hotspot, basically. Like they have, you know, Verizon for their phone or whatever, and then a completely separate hotspot. Why I love this idea is because then whenever there's Verizon signal, you have your phone in the mobile hotspot. Whenever there's AT&T signal, you then have an external hotspot and you can connect to that. So you kind of have like a dual chance. You've really upped your uh, chances there at having internet. Will you ever buy a 12 volt fridge? I might in the future if I have a bigger budget. I like my 110 volt fridge and it works pretty well. I really screwed my batteries of several months ago and so it doesn't work as well. Like if my solar is horrible and I don't drive that day, then my batteries get really depleted and then I have to turn my fridge off at night. But because it's summer and it's so sunny where I am, like like I'm getting so much solar and they've been perfectly fine. But this fridge is just so much cheaper than a 12 volt fridge. So if I have a bigger budget in the future, I will probably get a 12 volt fridge just so I never have to worry about it. Which apps do you use to find good campsites or parking areas? So first of all, I think I have an entire episode actually. So if you're interested in overnight parking in any capacity, city or camping, go listen to that episode because it'll be much more in detail. But my first go-to is campsites. Obviously, I prefer a campsite over a parking lot. And I go to freecampsites.net. That is my favorite website. All of the little green things on their icons are free. The red is paid ones, but most of them on there are going to be free. I also do have a page on my website dedicated to the free campsites that I've been to and can kind of vouch for if I like them, if I don't or whatever. 
So you can always go there. I revert back to some of the campsites that I've been to and I check my own website sometimes just to see if where I'm going, I already have the campsite that I love. For city parking, I tend to use all stays and I think it's $10 one time and then you get it forever and you can filter out various things. So I would go to filter. Once you download the app, you go to filter and you can choose Walmart, overnight parking, casinos, I don't know, Cabela's, Cracker Barrels. Sorry, there might be some background noise. Ella is moving a lot. But yeah, there's just various things that whatever you're comfortable with, you can kind of filter those out, hit done, and then you see where all of those places are. So I do that as well. Other than that, though, if I don't see anything, I will just take my chances at a hotel parking lot. Do love those. Talk about it all the time. Do you think one day you will do a road trip outside of the U.S., like South America or Europe? The problem with going to other countries, I would love to do this. And not to say that it will never happen, but you can really only fly with one animal per person typically. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I have done quite a bit of research and everything I have seen, I would only be able to take one of the dogs. I don't really want to take my dogs on a long flight. Like, I don't think that Ella would do very well. I think Pearl would be okay, but loud noises tend to scare her, so I don't think... I I just don't know if she would like it. Ella is still a puppy. She's a golden retriever. She's crazy. She's silly. I just, you know, if I get sat next to a person who doesn't love dogs, I'm screwed. And I just don't want to do anything that's going to make them uncomfortable. So, I love the United States. I love Canada, Mexico. There's really no reason for me I don't have to go other places. If I were to go out of country, I'd probably just like leave my dogs with my parents for a week and just go fly and do hotels or hostels or something like that. What do you miss the most about apartment living if there is anything? I was just talking about this with Katie or no, my friend Tegan. It was with my friend Tegan because she has a house now and her and I lived in apartments like simultaneously back in Chicago. The best part about living in apartments is that every time something breaks, you can just call somebody and tell them that it's broken and they come and they fix it. You don't have to pay for it because it's owned by somebody else and it's magical. When things break in the van, it's all me and it's in a van so people don't even know how to fix it. I might not know how to fix it. Uh, You obviously have to pay for that. Then when you get a house, you also have to pay for stuff like that. So I definitely miss just being able to like call my landlord, tell them what's going on. They send somebody to do it and suddenly it is just fixed and you're fine. You're off the hook. Do you ever consider having a partner or you really like being with your dogs only? I don't know how to answer that. I mean, I love being with my dogs. I just recently got out of a relationship and living in a van is no different than like how you are going about life. If you live in an apartment or a house, I'm not like seeking a relationship. I'm never like, do you ever consider having a partner? Like I'm not anti-relationship. I just am single. (laughs) So I, it's, that's just a a strange question, but I do want to add it in here just because I get questions like that all the time. People think I'm like very anti-relationship. I was literally just in one. Laundry, question mark, especially when away from cities for a month at a time. Uh, You kind of are required to go into a town or a city to get your laundry done. I have no way of doing laundry aside from a laundromat or going to family's house or something like that. I don't even love doing that. I kind of prefer going to laundromats, which probably sounds ridiculous, but I don't like being an inconvenience to people. I'd really rather just go to a laundromat and get it done. But 
I mean, this question specifically says for a month at a time. I'm never away from a city or even a town. Most small towns have a laundromat. I'm never away from them for a month at a time. That's a pretty long time to just like not go to civilization because I can't last a month without water or groceries. So I'm gonna have to go to a town anyways. Next question. Are you vegan? Her name on Instagram is Vegan Girl. Yes, I am vegan. I have been vegan for probably a little over two years now, maybe almost three years. I went vegan in my first van. I watched a documentary and literally could not look at meat the same. How do you shower? So typically, I shower at Planet Fitnesses. Those are not available right now. I think the Planet Fitness gyms are starting to open back up, but they are not allowing you to shower, which explain to me, send me an email why they don't use the showers right now. In my opinion, like sweaty, dirty hands all over the gym equipment is spreading more germs than the cleanest place in the gym, which would be the shower, but they're not allowing showers. Whatever, I digress. I have a solar shower that I can hang between my back doors. Obviously, you have to open them up and I stand behind the van and I can wash off that way. I'll probably show that on Instagram tomorrow because I need a shower. Where do you keep dirty clothes in the van? So I have a laundry bag and I keep the laundry bag in between my benches where if I was to put the table up and have the table and benches, I'd have to like move it or put set it aside. You know what I mean? Like it goes where my feet would go if that was the setup. But like I've talked about before, I never use that setup. It is always, always the bed. So I really don't ever have that problem. I just shove it in between the benches and call it a day. How often do you have to, oh, I was going to read that weird. How often do you have to refill water and how much do you spend on water per month? I probably have to refill water. I have a 10 or 11 gallon water tank. Honestly, can't remember. Let's go with 10 just to be safe. I can probably go almost a week with 10 gallons, but I also have a portable seven gallon tank. So I really don't need to fill up maybe every 10 days. I tend to drink almost a gallon a day. The dogs drink water. I do dishes every few days. I try not to do them every single day and I do them with very minimal water. And then I try also obviously not to shower in the van, but with the solar shower and the whole Planet Fitness thing, kind of have to. So yeah, maybe every week, every 10 days right now. And then how much do you spend on the water? I have no idea. I mean, it can't be more than $10 per time. So maybe a guesstimate of $40 a month. I don't know, something about that. I've really never added up the cost of water. Is it scary to sleep alone in the van? Is it scary for you to sleep alone in your apartment or your house? I don't know. Maybe the answer for you is yes. I always enjoyed it. I sleep, I wouldn't say better, but I sleep like a baby when I'm by myself and just with the dogs. You know, you don't have to worry about the other person and cuddling or like getting too hot or anything like that. And I just like my space. And the fear of being alone and, you know, being in different surroundings all the time, that fear starts to go away after you've been in the van for so long. Not to say that I let my guard down. I'm definitely always very cautious and I take a lot of safety measures every night before I go to bed. But the fear of that definitely goes away. And my brain has fully associated my van with being like my home. And so when I'm inside the van at night, just laying in bed, I feel like 
I'm in my apartment, I'm in my home, I'm in my bed. I don't feel like I'm in a van parked somewhere completely random. Like your brain just starts to see the van as being inside your house, if that makes any sense. Were you raised a Christian and do you still have faith in Jesus? Just a question. Yeah, love this one, actually. I was raised a Christian from about the age of maybe 14 or 15. I actually met a friend in high school. She was my best friend after a while and she went to a CIY camp. Is it like Christ in you or something like that? I don't even remember. But she went to like this Christian camp basically every summer. I begged my parents to go because she was going. So I just wanted to go with her and it ended up being so much fun. And I loved all the stuff that I learned. I had a really positive experience with religion starting there. And then through all of like a chain of people, my family discovered this church. My sister wanted to go. My dad was like, I can't tell my daughter she can't go to church if she's trying to go to church. So we hold, we ended up go, all going as a family, falling in love with this church. Some of us got baptized. And then, yeah, I mean, ever since that age of around 15, I had some form of relationship with God. And I've had a very positive experience with it. I understand fully that a lot of people don't. And so it sucks to believe in something that I associate wholeheartedly with love and compassion and these wonderful things. And then I've heard so many stories of people who their brain just associates faith and religion with like total toxicity in their life and negativity and horrible memories and trauma. And so I totally understand that as well. But I've been really fortunate to have a positive relationship with God and I do still have faith. I do still pray and uh, love me some Jesus, but it's also not an active part of my like online presence, not because of any any sort of shame, but I also understand the trauma that is very triggering for a lot of people. So I just keep it in my private life and I like having it, you know, be just between me and the good Lord. Do you travel with any self-defense weapons? Yes, I do. I don't disclose what weapons I have in my van for safety purposes, but I do, and I think everyone should have whatever they feel comfortable having. How did you become a vegan? Do you miss real cheese? No, I do not. I very much love being a vegan. Like I said, I became a vegan by watching a documentary. I'd already been interested in it, and then this just kind of was just like my excuse, my tipping point. It's not about missing real cheese. I love cheese. It's just about finding the right brands, and I want to give you like the absolute best choices, so I will post it on my story on Instagram or something because I don't want to give you anything wrong, but there's plenty of amazing, delicious vegan cheese. It's just when somebody buys one brand of it and it's disgusting, you associate vegan cheese with being disgusting when it's really not. They have fantastic, fantastic good cheese. It's like, you know, those yellow, like American, like craft cheese, that's what it's called, like American cheese slices. That's like the equivalent of bad vegan cheese. You wouldn't say you hated all real cheese if all you'd ever had was craft cheese. You'd be like, you're crazy. You need to try all these other kinds of cheeses. It's the exact same thing when you're vegan. Is living in a van with pets more expensive? Absolutely, 100%. I have two other lives to keep alive. It's the same thing as if you were living in any other type of way. You know, they eat and they do drink and there are, you know, leashes and harnesses and various things, tennis balls and bully sticks, all kinds of things associated with having pets. I mean, if you're just asking, like, is living in a van with pets more expensive? No. I mean, there's definitely this culture of having this, like, really nice, 
expensive, fancy outdoor gear because all these other people on Instagram have it. And I do not cater. I, or I don't fall into that at all. But I know most of my friends do and they just want the newest, best stuff. So in that regard, yes, because you want the best outdoor gear because you're living in a van, you're on the road, you know, you're outside constantly. But I mean, my dogs don't even wear a collar or a harness most of the time if we're just on a hike and I know they're going to stick by me. Don't roast me for that, by the way. I know my dogs well enough to know when or if they would ever run. And so I don't put them in those kinds of things when I know they're not going to. Where did you find your van when you were shopping around? I found my van in Atlanta, Georgia, or I think it was a town right outside of it. It was at uh, Gwinnett Ford dealership, something like that. But when I was searching for stuff or for searching for a Ford Transit... I found so many more options in the South than I did anywhere else. So by spending a couple hundred dollars to fly to Atlanta, I saved probably three or $4,000 had I bought a Ford Transit in the Midwest at the time. Whew, okay. Does anybody else need to take a breath? Need to do some stretches, some breathing techniques? I feel like I'm going through these very quickly. But this is going to be so nice to have as like a reference episode. So anytime anybody asks me anything, I can just refer them to this episode. Okay. How long have you been living the van life? I've been in this van for two years and I was in a different van before this one for about eight or nine months. So almost three years. What up? Thoughts on AC, air conditioning, worried about the dogs. Do you know anyone using zero breeze or ceiling fan units? No, I really don't know anybody that has air conditioning in the van. I completely understand your concern about having dogs and them getting too warm. There's just a few things that you can do. If you are tied to one location and it gets very hot, definitely look into the air conditioning unit situation. If you are planning on working online, however, most people that I know, at least all of my friends, we travel with the weather. So I go up north when it comes to the summer and then I go down south for the winter. I'm very much like a bird in that way, but it just saves you from ever being in horrid, horribly hot weather. And, you know, if you have to go to the store or to the gym or laundry or anything where the dogs are going to be in the van then you just have to learn to do that at prime times for them. So you park in the shade, you go in the morning, you go at night, you know, you just do things and you leave them in the van for as short amount as possible. You, you're parked in the shade, like I said, and you do it optimal times whenever it's going to be the coolest outside, you know, crack the windows, do the things, turn your vent fan on and they will be fine. And you'll save a lot of money from that air conditioning unit. Just scrolling through these right now, there are a lot of questions about costs associated with van life. And I just, instead of going over, because I mean, it's a full breakdown that, you know, people are asking for. I have a full breakdown of my van, the conversion and van life expenses on my website. So if that's your question, please go to my website. There's a full breakdown for literally everything there. I think there's even an episode on the podcast, if you scroll down through the episodes, that addresses all of that. Do you get lonely? Hmm. Shameless plug again. I also have an entire loneliness episode, but I really don't get lonely. I don't, I don't love the word lonely just because it's associated with alone, or maybe I love the word lonely and I hate the word alone. It just is this concept that because you're alone, you must be so lonely. And that's just not the case for all people. I'm sure some people are 
lonely when you're alone for too long. I love being alone. I love being by myself. I love my company. I am my best friend. And I love my dogs. I love spending time with my dogs. If I want connection or I want to see my friends, I just do that. I live in a van so I can meet them. I FaceTime and I call people constantly. That also saves me from ever, you know, getting lonely at all, I'm sure. But I see my friends a lot. Most of them live on the road as well. And more often than me ever getting lonely, I am trying to get away from my friends. I'm actually doing that right now. I have been on and off with Lee, Katie, the whole quarantine crew, Henry, I was just with a few days ago, for Ella's birthday, which I have not brought up in this episode. Happy birthday, Ella. She is two years old now. But I, right now, have, like, told all of them, like, please don't ask me to hang out. I'm so bad at saying no. I just need to spend time by myself. And I'm doing that more often than I ever am, like, I need to see people. I don't really get that feeling. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. You guys know how much I love BetterHelp. It's an online counseling platform. I have been having weekly sessions with them for months now. I love my therapist. It's one of my favorite parts of the entire week. I always look forward to it, and I leave feeling very refreshed. One thing I wanted to go over today, because a lot of you have gotten really lucky, like me. I fell in love with the first counselor I was given, uh, but someone recently reached out and asked if it was normal, because it was the first time that they'd ever been in therapy before that they just weren't really vibing with their first counselor. And so I just told them it's super normal. That happens all the time. A therapist is like anything else. You might have to try one or two. Hopefully the second one works out perfectly. Um, but the first one might not be ideal for whatever reason. Maybe they just are not exactly what you're looking for, but BetterHelp makes that super easy. You can literally just go to your profile with one click of a button and switch out counselors. And then, like I said, hopefully your second one is a perfect match. I just wanted to share a little bit about that today, just in case you had the same thought or anything like that. Um, but if you'd like to join over a million people who are prioritizing their mental health with better help, then you can go to betterhelp.com divine and use code divine for 10% off. Do you ever get parking tickets for staying overnight and how much and often if so? No, I've literally never gotten a parking ticket knock on wood here. I, I park in places that I know I can sleep. The only risky thing is a hotel parking lot, but they don't give you tickets. They, security will just knock on your door. That's happened twice. But in terms of actually getting a ticket, no. Is van life doable if I need internet every day for work? My job can be remote, but it needs Wi-Fi. Absolutely 100%. My best friend Katie is required to have internet at all times. She works a lot of hours and she has to have internet. So does Kristen, who's also been on the podcast. I need internet because I need to work, but I don't necessarily have a boss who is writing my ass about getting stuff done. So if having internet is a requirement, there are infinite campsites that you can find with perfect internet service. You will be fine. It's just going to be a little bit a little bit more difficult to find places to sleep. And I mean, like, you just don't have the free range of any campsite ever. But I don't even go to campsites now that don't have internet because I don't feel safe. Not even just because of having to work. But basically, no, you're good. That's what I'm trying to say. Have you ever felt unsafe being alone in the van at night in the middle of nowhere? No. I know that's probably really crazy, but... I feel a lot more unsafe when I'm in a city or a town or there are people around. When you're in the middle of nowhere, 
and you've like I've been here for days and I see no one. No one is in this area. The likelihood of somebody coming in, in the middle of the night, finding me, knowing I'm alone and all of these things, it's just very, very slim. I fully understand that it's not impossible, but I've talked about this before. There are so many TV shows and movies that make camping or being in your van or a tent or something like that this really scary thing because some serial killer comes out in the middle of nowhere, which has happened in real life. But I mean, imagine the millions of campers who are doing what we're doing and like that, the likelihood of something happening is just as high as you being in your apartment or your house, somebody breaking in or something like that. Like being in the middle of nowhere to me just is probably my safest option. That's just me. As long as I have internet, right? Or cell service where I could call in case of an emergency. But other than that, like it just doesn't really feel that unsafe to me. I think you just have to do it. Like the only reason that you'd feel really unsafe is if you had never done it, in my personal opinion. If you do it, you know, over and over and over and you realize that you're always safe and you always wake up in the morning, you're going to have a higher sense of safety than someone who's never really gone camping or lived in your van or done these things. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Why did you choose to renovate a van instead of buying a camper van? I really love this question because I do get asked this frequently and I don't think I've ever talked about it before. Maybe I have, but the reason I don't like pre-built vans is because, which I know that this is very privileged. I know that there's a lot of like, I just want it custom, but I don't like the idea if I'm going to spend a lot of money on something that it's just going to look like thousands of other people who bought the same thing. I don't really like that. I love that this van has my personality. It has things that remind me of home in Indiana, the tin roof from where the van was built from the barn. I have walls that just make it feel warm and cozy and the pocket door that makes me feel safe and the little, you know, vanity mirror area where I can get ready. Like, there are small touches everywhere that just make this feel like my home. I don't think that you would want to live in a house that was exactly designed and even decorated and everything to look like thousands of other people's. You know, like, if you had your choice and it was going to cost the same wouldn't you rather have something that's unique and personalized to you and your personality and stuff like that? You know, it was just fun. How do you manage to drive such a long vehicle? Don't you have some blind spots? No, because there are two mirrors on each of my side mirrors. So I have like four mirrors, basically. You can really see pretty much everywhere. And the van might look huge compared to you know, a smaller car that you're used to driving, but my van actually fits perfectly into any normal sized parking space. So that's actually why I got this van and not an extended version. The extended versions of Sprinters, Transits, Promasters, any of them, you have to find like two parking spaces that are back to back and open and park up in both of those or go to the very back of a parking lot. Or if you're trying to park in a little uh, you know, laundromat parking lot or a little restaurant that has a small, you know, like a local place and they have a really tiny parking lot, you are so screwed and it's really frustrating. And I have friends with the extended versions and they get so annoyed with their parking situations. So I love being able to like whip this van into any parking space and I've gotten very good at it. And especially the Ford drives so easily. You, you do feel within a few days like you are driving a regular car. 
1000%, besides the fact that it's tall. So you have to watch Clarence Bars on drive throughs Been there, told that story. What do you do to feel safe being public on social media? First things first, I do not put my Instagram handle on the outside of my van. That is a very common thing to do within the community. That way, when you're driving, and like I do, honest to God, every time I see a ProMaster or a Transit or a Sprinter or anything, or any type of conversion van, I just see it and I immediately think like, do I know them? Do I follow them? Do Will we know each other if I see who's driving? And so I always am curious, but it's just not worth the risk for me or, I mean, in my opinion, anyone to have, like, your Instagram handle plastered on the outside of the van, especially in, like, a sticker that you just can't take off. Because if I'm in a parking lot somewhere, I just don't need people walking by knowing I'm a solo single woman (laughs) with a golden retriever in a chihuahua. Although I did just tell that story. Ella will tear a bitch up, but no, no thank you. Other than that, I mean, there really is no... Oh, I guess, yeah, I don't ever post the location where I am while I'm there. I've been doing that a little bit more this week on the river because most people don't know exactly where I am, even if you can tell that I'm in eastern Oregon or I'm on the Columbia River. The river is so long and you don't know my exact spot. And I don't ever, ever share coordinates or locations until I have left that place. And so that's, I mean, in terms of being public, that's pretty much all that I do. What is a normal day in your life like? I will be doing a day in the life TikTok video. There you go. And I'm also going to be doing a longer version for YouTube very soon, I swear. But for the sake of now and the question, it really depends on where I am and what I'm doing. I'm going to go through this quickly. If I am camping like I am right now, I wake up, open the sliding door, the dogs run out, they do their thing. They're pretty much outside for the rest of the day. I do keep an eye on them, obviously, all day. I play ball with Ella. We go for walks. Ella will not poop unless we are going for a walk. She will not go anywhere around the van. I love that because then I don't have to smell it, but it's also a little annoying because I have to walk her if I know she has to go. If I'm on the river, we go swimming. We do things like that. I make coffee, breakfast. I work throughout the day on and off. I've been watching a lot of New Girl and then towards the night when it starts to get buggy, the sun goes down. We come in the van. I read listen to music, you know, take my kind of time to do my my own things, have a glass of wine typically, and then I go to bed. If I'm in a city, I will wake up, go somewhere where I can take the dogs out. Usually I'll find the nearest dog park or I will intentionally sleep somewhere that is close to a dog park. So I can go first thing in the morning. I spend hours at dog parks when I'm in cities. I will usually charge my laptop overnight so that in the morning when I get to the dog park, I can just already have my coffee made and I take my laptop into the dog park and I work while my dogs are there. Again, because I know I have to say this, I do keep an eye on them while they're there as well, very closely. But it allows me to kind of sit and work while my dogs are running around and not having to just sit in my van all day while I work because that is boring. Do you recommend getting cameras outside of the van in case you hear something sketchy? I had this in my first van and I loved it. So I do recommend that. I do not have it in this van. I have back windows. So if anything was behind the van, I could always peek and see that. I have the dogs to kind of alarm me if they hear something. But it's a great question. And yes, if I had to say whether or not I recommended it, I definitely do. I liked having it in my first van and I will probably get it put in my next one. I don't really know why I don't have it in this one. How do you keep yourself safe from wild animals? Any close encounters? This is my worst nightmare. If there's anything that I am like fearful of on the road, it is one of my dogs encountering like wildlife and not knowing 
that it's dangerous. And when I say one of my dogs, I do mean Ella because Pearl would shit her pants in a heartbeat if anything big came about. But Ella, I really don't know. I mean, she did surprise me with that man the other day when she like almost full-blown attacked this man and his dog. But I've just never seen her with like large wildlife. I've seen her see a horse and she like barked at the horse, but she was on leash. So I really don't know. I've never had a close encounter, obviously, like I said, but what do I do to keep safe? I have bear spray and bear bells. So if I'm going to go hiking in an area where I know there's bears, I bring those. And I'm very, my number one thing, which like wildlife typically doesn't want to mess with you, including bears, including things that you think are just going to like chase you down to kill you. It's very rare for that to happen. Unless it's like a mountain lion, I've heard that they do like literally stalk you and then kill you. But bears and things that you'll see more often don't want anything to do with you. So I sing, I play music, I play Netflix, I do something so loud the entire hike. People probably think I'm crazy, crazy, but I would rather be safe than sorry. So sing, yell, talk to the dogs. That's really what I do the whole time, honestly. I talk to the dogs. Do you ever feel claustrophobic in your van? No. I've actually never been asked that question, but... I have gotten so accustomed to a small space that I really can't imagine living or like taking up much more space than this. I feel like I have as much space as I need. And I mean, like, as you know, I spend most of my day outside, even when I'm in a city. I just am not in my van a whole lot. I love being in my van, but there's really no reason to be inside unless it's raining, you know, and you know, I'm just sleeping and eating in here. So I don't really get claustrophobic. I'm, I'm not a claustrophobic person, though. I was, I don't do this anymore, but I did fake and bake for a while. So if I can sit in a tanning bed, I sure as hell can live in this van. Is cooking with butane scary? I'm trying to decide what cooktop I want. I, 10 out of 10, recommend my butane stove. It is like 25, 30 bucks on Amazon. I love it. I will not have induction in my next van simply because if you do screw up your batteries, which unfortunately is very common and very easy to do, you just cannot use your induction stove very well. And if I wanted to cook with my induction stove in the middle of the day when it was really sunny, I can do that. But if I want to make tea like I did just now, right before, you know, the episode, I can't really do that at night. And so, I mean, the butane, it's cheap to buy butane. I don't know why I have this weird thing with propane. I just don't want it in my van. I have no idea where I got that from, but I'm very comfortable with the butane stove. You can turn it off and then undo the actual butane canister. So there's really no way of anything happening with it, if that makes sense. I Yeah, no, I feel perfectly safe. Definitely recommend. They also have a double burner butane stove. If you cook meals that would need a double burner, you can get that too. I do not. Do you feel safe while hiking alone? Yes, I do. I feel like I've kind of already touched on that, but yes, um, I feel safe. I find most of my trails on all trails, so I read reviews. I read reviews before I do anything. I don't I'm not really one to want to be surprised or drive around until I find a campsite, drive around until I find a good trailhead. Not doing that. Not into it. I read reviews. I look at photos. I see when the most recent reviews are. If somebody eight months ago said that it was super sketchy, there are needles all over the ground, which is honestly common in reviews of campsites and trailheads. I don't go there. I don't need it. Don't want it. I'd rather spend the night in a city if I have to. I want to feel safe. I am very big on emphasizing your comfortability of sleeping at night. What is going to allow you to sleep good at night? Sleep is very important. You don't want to, if you don't enjoy 
like your sleep in a van. Like you're not going to enjoy living in a van is my point. If you are not sleeping, you're going to associate that with not liking living in a van. But if you just are very proactive about where you sleep, how you sleep, what you can do to help that, you will have such a better time and you will kind of grow into being comfortable in the van much faster than if you just kind of frivolously go for it and you don't really plan ahead of time. I always know where I'm hiking and I always know where I'm going to be sleeping. When you are able to go anywhere or do anything, how do you make yourself do work? I think that this is a phenomenal question because most new van lifers will admit that for the first several months or the first year even, you really get caught up in this newfound freedom. And so you're just traveling nonstop. You just want to be on the move, on the go. Where is the next hot spot? Where can I go? Like, you know, where's the next trendy place I saw on Instagram? Well, I have to go there. And if we're close to this, then I want to go to this. And you just like bounce around so quickly because you want to see everything. And you do have this freedom of like, I can finally go anywhere. But once you settle into van life and, you know, take this as advice, please, if you hit on, if you hit the road, the sooner the better that you associate routine and just kind of a normality into your van life. It is your new normal. It is not a vacation unless you're going into it with a vacation mindset. If you want it to be a lifestyle, you will need a way to sustain that lifestyle monetarily. So work, sit down, make yourself do it. It is now a part of my routine to open my laptop and get several hours of work done, arguably every single day. I don't really ever take an entire day off because I get an email from a brand that wants to work together. And so even if I was going to take the day off, I will email exchange or get on the phone with them or do something like that. But most days it's, you know, six or seven hours at least on my laptop, on the phone, emailing, talking, you know, working on the back end of my website, typing up blog posts, recording a podcast or taking photos for Instagram. I don't know. There's like, it sounds silly to say that writing captions on Instagram is part of my work, but you know, such is life. Considering your recent posts, did you take any self-defense classes as prep for solo van life? Absolutely, 100%, you have to, whether you're going to be solo or not, or whether you're going to live in a van or not. If you are a woman, I really recommend taking some sort of self-defense classes. It's, we get so accustomed to hearing these words, self-defense. I've never really talked about this before, but you get so used to like self-defense class, self-defense class, maybe later, someday, whatever. It's really not about self-defense. Okay, it is about self-defense. That was going to be stupid. But what I learned in my self-defense classes was how uncomfortable I am with physical confrontation. Like, I didn't know my body in that way. When the guy would, my trainer or, you know, teacher would physically, like, he kind of asks for permission. It's like a respectful thing, but he'll come up and, like, grab you when you're acting out a scenario. And I just literally didn't know how to go about that, like, negative physical interaction. Speak, Sydney. I just didn't know what to do. My body didn't naturally know how to respond to that. I don't know if in a real situation it would, but by doing those classes, I, like, learned how to get into my body in that way. When was the last time you actually punched someone or kicked someone? Like, I have never really done that. And so it wasn't until those classes where I got comfortable with the motion of literally punching and doing that with force and strength and what to do when someone grabs you from behind versus from the front versus from standing or you're laying down and they're on top of you, whether that's 
on on top of you or on back of you, right? All these different positions and you learn the best way to get out of them from each way. So I know that's kind of an elaborate answer, but if you've been writing off a self-defense class because you think it's just going to be like kind of a silly thing for you and a few friends to do, I really encourage you to kind of find your uh, body in that sense or in that space of like a negative physical reaction because, I mean, you need that as well, right? So as I'm scrolling through more of these, a lot of people are asking how I make money on the road. While I want to address that, I do multiple things for an income. I don't want to go into all of it. I know most people on the road do make their income from various like revenue streams. So I have an entire blog post actually many blog posts and a podcast episode about that as well. So you can go there for more details, but it's a little bit of an elaborate answer. What do you do if someone rolls up to your campsite and intrudes your space or privacy? I straight up move. I had someone do this like two days ago. They parked near me at this river and I literally in front of them did not feel embarrassed at all, got all my stuff, put it in my van and I moved. I don't, I, even if you are a nice little family of eight and you got a bunch of little kids running around, you got a couple dogs, I don't like people being that close to me that are camping. Even if you're not creepy, I just don't like being that close to someone. I want to have my dogs off leash without worrying if Ella's going to go run over there and bother a kid or do something. Like, I just want to feel alone and free. (laughs) Um, Not to keep harping on the alone thing, but highly preferred. If somebody in the middle of the night were to come and intrude my privacy or like the dog started barking or something, again, I would do my best to leave. It's very dependent on the situation, obviously, if that would be safe or not to get in the front seat. But yeah, I mean, if someone, if I'm able to leave and someone is too close, uh, you girl is leaving. How do you find camping spots that allow dogs off leash? I just honestly have my dogs off leash. It's really inconvenient. I know that sounds really snobby, but I hate having my dogs on leash. I think it's extremely annoying. I'll do it in a city but that's why I prefer camping and having them in a dog park when I'm in a city. I can't stand... Actually, I don't know why I was like speaking in that way. Pearl is literally never on a leash. If we're near a road in a city, I will just pick her up. But then as soon as we are away from it, we're in a grassy area, I will just literally put her right back down. I I do not like leashes. I do it a thousand percent when it needs to be done and when it's safer for the dogs. Obviously, their safety and health and all of that is like my number one priority. But if I'm at a campsite and there's nobody around, there's just no reason to not have them off leash. I park in ways where if a car was to come by, you know, like my sliding door is facing the opposite direction. Like right now it's facing the river. The road is behind me. So if I'm sitting in front of my van in front of the sliding door, I can always see my dogs. They're always in front of me. If I can't see them, I call their name and I find them. What do you do with food rubbish while off-grid for weeks at a time? Again, I don't really go like off-grid for weeks at a time. Even if I have to go to a gas station because I need to buy a few gallons of water or something like that, I will just take my trash and drop it off there. There have been a couple times where I had a couple trash bags. I didn't want to just leave them on the ground. And so what I'll do is like tie them into a tree right by my van and just that way the dogs can't get into them and like potentially litter and do all of that. So I just will kind of tie them into a tree for a day or two, never more than that. And then I go take them somewhere and that's it. Are you looking for a travel buddy? I'm including this one because so many people ask me this. I get at least one DM every day of somebody being like, hey, can I be your partner? No, you may not. I don't know why I would ever want a stranger to travel with me. That makes no sense. I'm very much a normal person. I wouldn't just invite some rando to come live in my van with me. (laughs) That is super weird. No, not at all. Like, everything that you think of van life, 
just equate it to living in an apartment, right? Like, all we do is live in different spaces. Yours might be stationary, mine is mobile. That is literally the only difference. I understand it's a very big, like, one difference. So that's the point of me, you know, answering all these questions and doing that. But you would never want someone to come, like, live in your house with you because you're single, you know, unless you, like, fall in love. Like, yes, I would love to have a travel buddy if I'm in love with them and I want to travel with them, but I would still want to travel alone sometimes. Also, I have two travel buddies. Thank you. Next. What is your skincare routine? I use For the Biome, and I mean, I'm going to be fully transparent here. I do that because they sent me some stuff and I didn't really have a skincare routine before this. I just have always washed my face with the orange, I think it's clean and clear? Is it Neutrogena? The one that says morning burst. It's in like every skincare aisle in the entire planet. But I wash my face with that all the time. I know the bottle, not the brand. That's embarrassing. But in terms of anything else, I just use For the Biome because they sent me some stuff and I do really like it. I have extraordinarily sensitive skin, which is why I don't use much, but none of that stuff makes me break out. So that is what I use. I am obsessive because I have such sensitive skin and I break out easily. I am obsessed with washing my face. I have to wash my face at least once a day, if not twice a day. I've been wanting to live van life for a while, but my fiance does not. Any advice? My best advice would be to, if you want to do van life that badly, then you can always get a van and just take road trips and do your own thing for a while, especially if you're someone like me and you want your own space, then you can always like take the van for a week every month for your own road trip and do your own thing and you'll get like a taste of van life. But you can also get those, now I can't think of the name, but these like tents that go on top of your car. So it's not as um, like free as just a tent. You are on top of a vehicle, which I don't know, that just makes me feel a little bit safer because then wildlife is not going to come just like slashing through your tent. But there's like these really gigantic fancy tents with a huge platform that extend over the sides of your car that you can look into if you're just trying to get like the camping, road trip, hiking, sensation kind of thing. And you can always even put like a little built-in kitchen in the back of your car and then just do the tent thing on top. I don't know. There's like a million different options. You don't have to live the version of van life that you see on social media. There are a million different versions of like road tripping, whether it's full-time or part-time or whatever. There's so many ways to do it. Don't get caught up in just the one. Even if like you just think it looks pretty, you can make anything look pretty. Okay, my laptop is dying, my tea is gone, the dogs are asleep, and I left the windows up front open so there are bugs in my car right now that I need to get rid of, and it's late. So, I'm going to talk to you guys next week, and yeah, thank you for sending in all of these questions. I hope that this answered as much as possible. I feel like I answered 400 questions during this entire episode, so I had to have answered something that you were wondering. If you want coffee details, First of all, if you don't know about the coffee brand, you don't listen to the podcast every week, but I'm starting a coffee brand. Right now I am working out all the accessories. So the coffee company I'm working with is Dollop. They're a Chicago-based company. Love them. I used to go there all the time when I lived in Chicago. And now I am working with a separate brand that I will announce once I have more details to do like the mugs and the cups and reusable straws. And it's just going to kind of be my whole, we're going to do cold brew, hot coffee, two roasts for the hot coffee, and then like the cold brew. We're going to do a kit for each one. 
it's going to be a whole thing. But that's kind of where we're at right now. I just like doing a weekly update so you guys know where we are at on that journey. But yeah, I will keep you in the loop as more progress is made, especially like once I know a launch date, you guys on the podcast will definitely be the first to know. And I think that that is it. I hope you enjoyed this. I love you very much. My dogs are freaking cute right now. I'm going to take a picture uh, and probably post it. My God, Pearl is a doll, but okay. Love you. I'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you.